When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Weekly Roundtable. C-SPAN here. A couple of quick announcements and we'll get right into today's topic. So, first things first, um, took a couple weeks off. I haven't been in this channel, but uh, I want you to know the guys in Texas are taking really, really good care of me. They're all really stinking fit, so I'm getting all my running in, all my weight work in, um, plenty of boot camps. So, F3 is strong in Dallas and uh, they're taking really good care of me. So the other thing I wanted to catch you guys up on since the last time we talked, I got a new grandson. And so Angus Robert Spearman, uh, I get to meet him this weekend, super excited about that. Uh, but he's going to go by the name of Gus, and I'm very excited to meet him this weekend. So next thing on the list, appreciate all the guys who sent me DMs, um, checking on me, trying to figure out what was going on or where I was doing or why I wasn't posting, but, uh, I was posting uh, at 5 or 5.30 or, you know, 5.15 or whatever. I just wasn't posted on here as much. So plenty of great content in this channel. There's so many good shows. There's always something to listen to in here each week now. Uh, so even if I'm not posting every single week, just know I'm working out in the mornings and uh, there's pr- plenty of great content to be listening to in here. Next thing on the list is from my, all my friends in Seattle, uh, Pacific Northwest guys, Puget Sound, all those guys. Uh, it's Grow Ruck weekend for them. And so there's no crying in baseball. Keep all your brothers in the fight. Have a really, really great event. And I know you guys have been training hard. Get after it. Really, really enjoy yourselves. And uh, looking forward to your AARs. So next thing on the list is uh, today I'm 54 years old. So when this drops, it'll be June 10th. I will be 54 years old. I had no idea what 54 was going to feel like, uh, but I will tell you that 54 just feels like the new 27. So appreciate all the guys and the friends along the way that kept me going. But, uh, yeah, 54 is just the number. Uh, feels really weird to be 54 and um, getting after it still. So, And that leads us to today's call. So this is actually a Nantan call from five years ago where we were talking about Concentrica. And you'll hear a few voices mostly dread and there's some me talking and then uh, you'll, you'll hear a couple other voices from uh, that you recognize a little bit more now because they they're on uh, the podcast a lot more but uh, sit back take a listen to this it's about concentrica and it's really what made sense that we were talking about five years ago makes even more sense right now uh, the world has changed a lot in those five years but um, the concentrica model hasn't and what I really want you to do is I'm still talking to guys every single week that are going through this stuff. So if, if just pay attention to this one. It's a really, really good model. It's a good way to keep guys on track, a good way for you to keep yourself on track. So sit back. Let's uh, you know take a good listen. Have a good rest of your weekend. And here we go. Hey, Good morning, this is C-SPAN. It is uh, April 21st, 
today we are on the Nantan conference call. Our guest speaker is no other than the Nantan of F3 Nation and its dread. So uh, I know most of the people that are involved with F3 understand dread, but uh, he is going to go ahead and share some wisdom with us today. Um, and dread, without further ado, the floor is yours. Well, thanks, brother. I appreciate you doing that. I apologize for uh, holding you all up which is kind of funny because it's one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which is uh, what we do with all these relationships in our life. Uh, so the reason I w- I'm late on the call is because I, I was in a conference call uh, with a client, and uh, that client did not want me to get off the conference call. I had very good reasons for not wanting to. I had a lot of things to want to talk about and, uh, you know, made it difficult for me to do that. So, you know, I'm sitting there looking at my calendar, getting all these reminders, get off it, you know, um, I'm trying to wind up this call, and I'm not able to do it. And uh, at a moment of, uh, I guess, frustration, where like, why does why does it have to be this way? You know, and then then I think, well, you know, what a blessing it is to have work, right? To do, you know, that people hire me and pay me to do this job, which I actually like to do. Um, but uh, there's aspects of the job that I can't control. This being one of them, communication, um, because that's a huge part of a lawyer's job. And uh, it seems like I'm never in control of, of my ability to, 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 to communicate, you know, when, it's, when it starts and when it stops. And so but that's, just, that's just part of life. And I have that problem also, as some of you men have uh, maybe with your families, um, which is, you know, you're trying to work. They need you to do stuff. Uh, you're trying to get things done. And, you know, you have emergencies. And uh, that's where Oprah comes in and starts talking about uh, work-life balance, which I personally – uh, don't find to be very helpful as as most Oprah bombs. You know, it sounds wise, uh, but ultimately is more helpful than any other bumper sticker. Because if we were able to balance our work and our life, you know, we wouldn't be talking about it all the time. So, you know, we've come up with this idea in F3 instead of work life balance of approaching relationships uh, in life, the, the people that are important to us, kind of like a bullseye you know, um, where the most important relationships are at the center, and then radiating outward in concentric rings, each relationship becoming uh, least important, you know, relatively less important, uh, until everything else uh, everything else is off the target. Uh, so that's not a balance. So if the image of, of work-life balance is a scale, where on the one side is work and on the other side is absolutely everything else that matters to you, this this image of how you deal with relationships with fellowship and have free parlance, uh, picture a target, a uh, archery target, and on your back picture a quiver full of arrows, arrows being your time and resources, and how do you shoot those arrows? Well, you shoot most of them uh, at the center of the target, and uh, that quiver, uh, I believe, comes to us from God, and uh, we have no idea how many arrows we have. We might, every arrow you shoot might be the last one you shoot. And, uh, I personally want to know that I shot it at the right, uh, at the right ring. So that's the image that, uh, or the metaphor that, uh, we try to use to help men, uh, understand how to use their time and how to deal with these conflicts between, you know, work and your, maybe your parents and your kids and your friends and, and things that are always battling for your time. Uh, and we, those rings, uh, on this target are, are finite. You know, they don't go out forever. There's some rings where I just say, look, I, I may never hit that. Um, the, the rings that do exist uh, are in this order. The bullseye is your wife. That's the most important relationship you're in. Um, that's where most of your, your arrows should hit. 
if you're, that's what we call the transformative relationship because it changes you from the man you were when you were a single guy. It changes you into uh, a unit, a team, a couple, a group, whatever you want to call it, um, where it's no longer what's best for you but what's best for the two of you. Uh, and uh, I don't know about you all, but for me, the first 10 years of my marriage, I did not really acknowledge that. <laughs> you know, I didn't like to think of in terms of my wife and I being one person. Um, I just I really thought of myself and my wife separately. And our marriage maybe is a third thing, but you have to look at that relationship as the most important one and spend most of your time trying to serve it. And that doing that will give you the foundation for the other relationships. If your marital relationship isn't working or it's under stress or it's imploding, the rest of your relationships will collapse upon it. Uh, you know, and you can just look out there and look at men, powerful men, who have tried to uh, tried to, to deal with the stresses of their lives without without the foundation of their marriage being proper, and it just doesn't work, and it and it just never has. The next ring outside the marriage is your kids, your shorties. That's the sacrificial ring because for your children, you'll sacrifice everything. You know, how much money do you spend on your kids? Uh, you spend the amount of money you have divided by the number of children you have, right? I mean, you would do anything for them. Um, it's the one relationship you can't quit. Um, you can get divorced, but you can't quit your kids. You walk away from them, but, you know, you're still a father. Um, and uh, the act of quitting on them will have repercussions not only in their lives but generations afterwards. Outside, the next ring outside of your shorties is your shield lock. That's your buds. That's your horizontal relationship. Um, you know, that that's the thing that men are the, the least skilled at. That's what F3 was in part developed to address is this idea that uh, just like we were when we were boys running around, as men we're running around, we need buds. We need uh, we need that shield lock. It's critical. That's that, that's that horizontal relationship. And trying to go it alone doesn't work. Outside of that, the next relationship is uh, what we call the whetstone in, in uh, F3. That that's your the guys that you're pouring into. Those are those younger guys that you're mentoring and hopefully transferring the positive habits and skills that you've learned from other men, uh, holding them accountable and helping them turn into leaders. And then that last ring, finally, that's where work goes. Uh, that's really the least most important relationship uh, in your life, uh, or should be. That's where the least amount of arrows of time and effort should go. Um, you have to work. It's the sustaining relationship. If you don't work, you know, uh, you become a burden on society and you actually don't do very well for yourself. You know, men, there's plenty of studies that men who are idle, uh, that, that's not good for them. So while you must work, it shouldn't be uh, anywhere close to the number one relationship and it shouldn't be anywhere close to the center of the target. And the reason why it generally is for a lot of guys is because, think about it, it's the easiest relationship for you to control. I mean, you can punch a time clock. You know, you can't punch a time clock on your wife or your kids uh, or, or, your, or your buds. You know, they, when they need you is when they need you. And coincidentally, that turns out to be at the least most opportune time, right? I mean, that's when you're going to get those calls. Uh, but work you can control. Uh, you can also quit your job and go to the next one uh, in a way that you can't do with any other relationship. And finally, it's the relationship that's uh, the easiest one uh, from which to draw affirmation. You know, I, I love trying lawsuits. I get, a, I get to win or lose. And even if I lose, I still get accolades. Sometimes my client will still say, you did a good job, uh, you know, because I can't fight the facts. Uh, because I do it well and I'm proud of, you know, being a good trial attorney, I can always get affirmation from that. Uh, but um, that should never become more important than the other relationships. Uh, you know, seeking that affirmation from 
sources outside of your wife and your children, you know, uh, that's a dangerous game to play. And it ultimately loots. If you, if you do that long enough, you'll ultimately destroy those other relationships that are more important. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an old saw that nobody dies on their deathbed says, I, uh, you know, I don't, uh, I wish I worked more or, you know, what's the other one? No, there's no trailer histories on a hearse. You know, none of those things are going to matter. You know, uh, they'll remember, you know, I'll be remembered, I guess, as a lawyer, but nobody will care how much, you know, how I'll be remembered to be the quality of those other relationships. So that's where most of my time and effort should be spent. Anyway, that's my spiel on uh, relationships and, and how, uh, how to approach them. And I'd love to uh, hear other guys' opinions on that or questions or whatever you got. Hey, it's uh, C-SPAN, and I'm going to go first. Um, I think one of the, you know, I, I love this this concentric image because the one thing I love is I'm going to screw stuff up. I've got more arrows to shoot. I didn't do great yesterday. I'll tell you that I put work first yesterday on a couple of different items. But you can you continue to shoot, and if you under if you understand that target is every single day you get a basically the you know, your wife's going to remember stuff, but if you can remember to keep putting her in the center of it, uh, you get to recite in every day. And so I, I think as, you know, as a lot of men have joined F3 and they start trying to rework their lives, this is a, this is a very easy analogy for you to share with your, with your, the men inside your region to say, hey, this is another way that we know works to get your, to get your life back on track. And, uh, yeah, and she's been, I wouldn't be myself too, too hard over the head on that. I mean, so the idea isn't that you, you know, that you don't shoot arrows into that outer ring, but the idea is that you're doing it deliberately uh, and right. that you're, yeah. you're doing it, you know, uh, that, so, we, you know, in the law or any professional talks in terms of practice and malpractice. So, you know, that old joke, right? You, know, you still practice in law. Oh, when are you going to get it right? You know, the answer is actually never. And that's why we call it a practice because you're, it's a learned pursuit in which you are consistently getting better or getting worse, one or the other. And the way you get better is to practice it and to be deliberate and to to ensure that the mistakes that you might make, the ones that harm your client, are less likely to happen because uh, you're doing it in a skillful way and you're building in buffers and you're making sure that you're not getting close to deadlines. No. But it's the same for your relationships. You commit relationship malpractice when you're living too close to the border. So if you're not giving your wife what she needs, the time she needs and the effort she needs, and then some work crisis happens, well, you're going to get a lot less, you know, rope from your wife under those circumstances. She knows you've got work crises, but if you consistently are putting work in front of her, she's, you know, at some point in time, she's going to say, screw you. You know, but if, though, if that time comes where you have to, and it comes for me during trial where I have to bury myself in it, you know, I find that the support I get from my wife and kids is in direct proportion to the amount of effort and time I've been pouring into them when I had the bandwidth and wherewithal to do it. You know, so when I'm on vacation, I try not to work at all. So I'm pouring myself into them. Uh, but to do that, you know, I've got to be working really hard and be very organized uh, and have a good team behind me so that I can be downrange with my family and not taking calls the whole time. So, you know, that's the part. To me, that's what I mean. It's not a balance because, you know, that's like a guy on a, you know, on a plank on a barrel, you know, trying to stay, keep from falling. It's a practice, a deliberate practice that every day that you are uh, going about to get better and better at. Yeah, and I think that's reassuring for a lot of us that maybe have made mistakes. Is this is this is something that every single day you can? It's a nice reminder of, of yeah. we're all trying to get better. So right. work at it. Yeah, work at it. Yeah, 
The other one I'm, yeah. I'm going to just share because I, this is something I, as an older man, I've seen is a lot of people try and put, uh, they think if they put their kids in the center of the relationship, that their marriage will be stronger and I will be the first to tell you, your kids need to see you loving your wife first. Yeah, man, 100%. That's, yep. Yeah. So that was my shares. I'll go back on mute. Who else wants to share? Hey, this is an Italian job. I shared with the guys this morning in Rock Hill the thing that they need to focus on is we oftentimes start putting S3 on a pedestal. It's a great thing. It's a fantastic thing. But when it starts getting in the way of your family time and your time with your M, answering text messages, showing up at every workout, everything in moderation. But if you put your family off, inevitably this conversation will happen. You'll do anything for those guys at 5 o'clock in the morning. Why can't you be here for whatever event? Right. So it's, something, right. it's something that we have to be mindful of. This is a great thing, but great things in moderation because we have things that are more important than a workout group. And I love the guys, but my family comes first. Anything becomes an idol, right? Anything becomes an idol, uh, even a good thing. In fact, you know, uh, the devil's pretty slick. He can't invent anything, but he sure is good at using good things against us. So, uh, any, you know, if, if F3 is crowding out other things, then F3 is something that needs to be tempered just like anything else, even though I, I love to think it's a good thing. Uh, but I, but you, my wife will often look at me and say, you're getting close to uh, getting out of kilter there on F3 because I put a lot, as, as many of you guys do, I put a lot of time and effort into it. I know we I know we got some other big personalities on the phone. Who else has something for us? <clears throat> this is Goat. Um, hey, I, I really like the uh, the talk, Jed, that you, when you spoke about like this this ten year period that you went through. Um, you know, we've we've all gone through that, right? We, we grow, we grow older, and we figure things out. Um, I think what's interesting about that the, the, the two words I wrote down, and I'll throw this out there as a question to you, Jed, because I've asked myself this. As well, do you think during that period when you really didn't have things figured out the way marriage or relationships are supposed to be, were you ignorant or were you insolent or a combination of both? And I, <laughs> I throw that out there because I, one thing I think that after he's going to grow more and more into, as we get young troopers coming in, is like, you know, we, I work, I, I sit down with guys like Ramrod and Blackberry who are in their late, you know, late 20s, and they are so grateful. I mean, I didn't have this you know, when I was their age. So I, I muddled my way through it in, in a period of ignorance and insolence. So I think that one thing we can do is we have this call and then take what we talk about and go out. But what do you think, Jed, during your 10 years? Where were you? Uh, it reminded me of that joke when you said it. You know, uh, guy, guy, a judge asks the, uh, the criminal defendant, are you ignorant or apathetic? And the guy says, I don't know and I don't care. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, right? So, yeah. I, I mean, I think uh, I think – I was in, in revolving parts uh, ignorant and apathetic. I mean, on the one hand, I didn't know um, I did not know what I know now about how a man how a man of of faith treats his wife. I didn't know. I didn't know the words. I couldn't have pointed in the Bible to it uh, or whatever Bible you're using. I'm not assuming the faith of any man on this call. But my faith provides ample guidance on how I'm to treat my wife. I'm to treat my wife as Christ treats me. And that's absolute sacrificial, sold out, give it up love. That's what I'm supposed to do. Now, in those 10 years, I couldn't have quoted that, cited it, didn't know that existed. Uh, and so I'll, I'll chalk that up to ignorance. 
you know, uh, luckily for me, older men who did know pointed it out to me in a very pointed and direct way. So I did learn it. So I, I could no longer claim ignorance. But, so the ignorance, I'm not giving myself any slack, but I'll say I didn't know it. Now, the apathy, that's my fault uh, because I knew something wasn't right. Um, I, I knew my wife didn't feel loved, uh, and it wasn't hard because she told me. And I knew that my marriage was tearing and that it was uh, in danger of becoming a loveless arrangement that my wife put up with because she'd been dumb enough to to believe that I was going to develop into the kind of man that uh, would be a uh, a good husband. Um, and so, you know, that part of it, that part of it was on me. Now, ultimately, and for me, it was through the birth of my second child where I, I got scared out of my apathy. You know, the first kid, I was like, well, you know, I guess I can, you know, I'll just keep going the way I'm going. Second kid, I, I suddenly had a vision of being the kind of father that uh, that I had and a lot of other men have had, which is, yeah, he's just there, you know, at, at best. Bring home, you know, brings home a paycheck, um, no real impact on your life, that kind of guy. I, I was in danger, that kind of guy. And uh, I would have stayed apathetic, but for fear. I think that it's, I got scared out of it. You know, I just was somehow able to fast forward in my own, in my own life, look forward to the end and say, I'm going to die alone. I mean, and that's exactly what I'm going to deserve. And, uh, that's yeah. a selfish reason, you know, yeah. uh, but, but that worked for me. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I, since I know a few of your stories, I, I love your one though, about like all of a sudden you figure out these people are counting on me to fly this plane. Um, right. Among among other things, and and so I think it, the more we as leaders and, and F three gives us a, a vehicle and a, a platform to transmit that fear and that that realization to people, you know, way younger than than perhaps you and I figured it out, you know. So, and you know, it, it gives us this what's becoming this nationwide platform to make make men be men, you know, rather than you know muddle their way through and all of a sudden wake up scared and 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 frightened about what what they become or they're becoming. So. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, and you, you know, you hit it on the head, and I'll watch you do it with your younger guys. I mean, I, I can think of a couple occasions when I was in the military where a guy said to me, and it's funny, I remember one sergeant major saying to me, I was saying I was married before my current wife. I was telling some derogatory story about her trying to be funny, trying to get some cheap laughs, you know, uh, not, not, not some horrible thing, just about, you know, she was nagging me about something. And this guy looks at me, and I was a captain. He was a sergeant major, so I outranked him, but he was, you know, 10, 15. 15 years older. I forget it. I'll never forget it. He said, a wife is a gift from God. And it, I mean, it stuck with me all those years. Uh, somewhere deep in my heart, I knew that was true. Problem was, I didn't have a relationship with that guy. You know, and it wasn't just a rank or grade thing. It was just, I just didn't really like the guy. I mean, uh, and he hadn't spent any time trying to form a relationship with me. I took what he was saying as preaching. Even though, you know, some part of me said it was right. And, I, you know, when I started to turn the corner on my own life and then when it, things started to work, when I started to love my wife the way she needed to be loved, and I started to see the fruit of that, right, uh, and I wanted to share it with guys, I, really, I was able to catch myself and say, it's not going to work if, if I don't have a relationship first with these men. You know, if I haven't built up a, a bond of trust, you know, where uh, what I'm saying isn't just one more banging gong, you know. If they don't know I love them and that 
I've got their best interest. I'm not just, you know, putting myself on some, on some perch here. If I don't do that first, then it won't, it won't have any effect, right? Um, and that, that, that's, that's what I hope we're doing is, you know, you can say almost anything to another man if, if he believes that you love him first. I learned that in the military. You can say almost anything. I mean, you can tell him any hard truth you want. If he thinks you love him and, and you have his best interest in heart, he'll listen. He may reject it because he's not ready to hear it, but he won't reject you. And he won't, won't reject a, a, a piece of hard truth because you're delivering, a, delivering it in a, in, a, in a vessel in you that he doesn't, that he doesn't believe in. Um, it, it just might take longer. So, go, you know, you're, you're right on the head, man. Uh, speak those hard truths, but, you know, do it, do it out of a voice of love. Uh, from a relationship that you've already fostered, and that's when you're that's when you'll bear fruit in another man's life. Well, gentlemen, we're uh, we're coming up at the end of our time, so uh, dread any final comments. I mean, I just dominated the whole conversation. My comment is, I'm sorry for doing that, uh, and I'm also sorry for uh, for being late on the call. Uh, but it did. It was interesting how it, it allowed me to illustrate the point I was trying to make. I guess, and so I'd like to leave you all with this idea. What a wonderful blessing that we have all been granted as leaders in our communities. And, you know, uh, it, the, the, it's the cool part of it, it's wide open, right? I mean, if you say, I want to be a leader in my, uh, in my town, or I want to be a leader in my, my organization, the corporation I work for, or whatever, you know, the, the, the great part of this is, uh, they'll be more than happy to let you do it. There's just not enough of us willing to do it. You know, they may not give you the title you want, but titles don't mean anything. If you decide to take responsibility for outcome in your community, in your organization, or your team, it's wide open, and it's a blessing that we have to do that uh, because there's, there's never been a time, I believe, in American history where that was more needed than it is right now. Uh, and, and remember that to do that, if you're going to lead right, uh, if you're going to lead right, You've got to live right, and to do that, you've got to get right. And a, a big part of that getting right is having those fun, found, foundational and fundamental relationships in your life, having those on a, an absolute strongest footing you can possibly have. Uh, because when you start leading and you start taking responsibility, that's when the hard work went, t- comes, and that's when you're going to need to know that your wife and your kids are 100% uh, behind you. So that would be my word of encouragement today. Is, is to go and put all your efforts into those every day into making those relationships as strong as they possibly can be. And I appreciate the opportunity to say all that. Thanks, Eastman. You bet. And so, uh, hey, Dred, we, we're going to transition to the prayer part of our call. And uh, what can we pray specifically for you for? Well, you know, that, that's an easy one, brother, because, uh, you know, as you know, uh, pride goes before destruction, right, and a haughty spirit before a fall. And the, 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 the risk I feel, and I think this probably be true for all you guys, is we're making headway. You know, things are happening. So I'd ask you to pray that I remember uh, each and everything that I do is coming from the Lord. It's not coming from me. Uh, and if, I, if I'm making, having any impact or we're having any success in F3, that's because that's within God's will and has not a darn thing to do with me. Uh, that I'm nothing but a vessel and that, that I could continue to think that and to believe that and keep that in my heart. And if I'm ever stupid enough to forget that uh, one of you guys comes up and, and grabs me by the, the stack and swivel and jerks me back to reality uh, and holds me accountable. So I'd, I'd ask you to pray for me on, on that score. Amen, brother. 
let's open it up to the uh, rest of the guys on the calls. Any uh, any other prayer requests? Well, I'm going to throw one out there. I'm going to pray for uh, all of our wives and our kids because obviously uh, we wouldn't need to do calls about uh, this subject and this uh, concentrica if uh, if this wasn't a problem for in our society right now. So let's pray for our wives and our kids. Who else? Hi. Amen, brother. Let me see if uh, anybody led to uh, feeling led to take us out today. All right, it's on me. If you're able, let's uh, let's bow your heads. Dear Lord, just uh, thank you for this opportunity to come together today with these men. Thank you. Uh, I think Dred said it uh, very well there that uh, let us understand that this leadership and this opportunity to lead is coming from you. And just uh, let us always use F3 in a manner that's pleasing to you. Let us use our positions of uh, leadership in a manner that's pleasing to you and uh, let us uh, let each one of these men stay energized. Let them uh, be with their reasons, be with the the men that they're leading as in their shield lock. Just uh, let them make a difference, Lord. But uh, let us truly understand the reason uh, that you've given us the gift of a wife and gift of children, and that we need to really focus our attention there, Lord, and just be with each one of these men. Be with the men that will listen to this call in the future, and just uh, let us all remember that we truly aren't worthy of the greatest gift, and that was your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, gentlemen, have a great day. Yep. See you, you guys. Thanks.